Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast now at youtube.com slash at commandcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong, and I'm joined by the one and only Jordan Pridgen. That's me. Hi, I'm Jordan Pridgen. I'm one of the writers on this channel. I make a lot of the ads and stuff and like the special projects. And- yeah, those wonderful skits you've seen. My favorite being uh, me and Josh driving to an Innistrad-themed dinner party. Oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Crimson Val. I love that one. Uh, yeah, so today we are doing one of our favorite types of episodes. It's the Budget Precon Upgrade Guide for Brothers War. This time, it's Urza's Iron Alliance. A lot of familiar names, a lot of you uh, old Magic fans out there might be getting excited. And the new ones, too, because we're going to take 10 cards out, put 10 in for under $30. But first, after you hear all those card names, you're going to want to actually do this yourself. Or maybe do this to a deck that you've been looking to upgrade for a while. Well, head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command. Wow, it just rolls right off the tongue. And so will your order off your fingers when you click on the cards that you need to upgrade your deck. Whatever those cards may be, Maybe you're going to buy a pre-con. Maybe you're going to buy some sealed product or some boosters to crack and draft with. Please draft. Uh, or you're just going to buy some singles. Whatever you need, go on over to cardkingdom.com slash command. You're supporting the show. You're going to get great service, fast shipping, and amazing customer service. Once you get those cards, protect them in the one and only Ultra Pro sleeves. You can buy them at ultrapro.com slash command or at your local game store. In fact, every single time one of these pre-cons comes out, they typically have the sleeves that match the commander on the box. They have the sleeves and the playmat. They got dice you can put that are themed, uh, not themed exactly to this deck, but the colors, they're everywhere. Just buy some dice, buy some cool stuff. UltraPro.com slash command. You've heard it before. You're going to go get it now. Uh, and when you do, you support the show. Pretty, pretty fun stuff. The last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We shout out one lucky patron every episode. And so this episode is dedicated to David, David Petraka. David, you rock. And David, did you know that at certain tiers on the Patreon, you can play members of the command zone cast Live on Spell Table? That's right. Great deal, yeah. It seems like a great deal. You also get exclusive content. Check out all of the amazing perks and our Discord as well. Uh, but let's just get right into it, Jordan. You took this deck 
Yeah. And you were like, I'm going to make this my machine army, and I'm going to make some alterations, and you get 10 cards out and 10 cards in. Did you have a lot of fun? Total budget, $30? Yeah, you know, I liked it. I, I've, I've built some artifact decks somewhat recently, so yeah. I was like, ooh, I've, I've got my mind on some good additions and stuff for this. Nice. Uh, and, you, you know, Urza's like one of those characters that... Like, back when I was a kid and all I knew about magic lore was just the flavor text on yeah, some of yeah. the cards. <laughs> Shows up all the time. I was like, ooh, who's this Urza? So it's Who cool, is? you know. Yeah. He's got a whole deck now. Yeah, you got, he has the whole deck. Uh, he's a very powerful card. In fact, let's read it off. There are two commanders in this deck. The first one is right on the front of the box. It is Urza, Chief Artificer. Take it away. So Urza, Chief Artificer, is uh, three and Esper, which is white, blue, and black for a four or five legendary creature, human artificer. And he has affinity for artifact creatures, which means this spell costs one less to cast for each artifact creature you control. And then he also has the ability artifact creatures you control have menace. And at the beginning of your instep, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. All right. That's a lot of text. Yeah. And I don't know what to think of it. Jordan, what do you think of it? I mean, right off the bat, I, I saw his his cost and I was like, oh man, he's expensive. But Six actually, mana. Yeah. affinity for artifacts makes him like really reasonable. Yeah. So affinity, you cannot take the cost away from the colored pips, but you probably are always going to cast Urza in this deck for just white, blue, black. Because even with commander tax, if you have five artifacts out, well, Urza just costs white, blue, black. Yeah, and I think my impression right off the bat is that he lends himself to a pretty simple strategy, which is like, play artifact creatures. Mm -hmm. Get the army big, start making those constructs, and you've got a big old army there. He gives them, you know, a certain level of evasion. Menace, is, they get menace, yeah. Yeah, that's like, a lot of times you'll run into things that just make big creatures, and if they don't have some sort of evasion, it just mm -hmm. doesn't really, like come home but he's yeah. got that handled so yeah the karn structs as they're called urza also made karn right yes he did mm -hmm. not as a weapon by the way karn doesn't think he's a weapon well urza built him as a weapon <laughs> and karn was like no no and no, karn no, was no. Like, i don't like that <laughs> but these constructs they get plus one plus one for each artifact you control not just creatures artifacts in general and i think it's worth noting that uh the constructs he makes if he gets removed help pay for his ongoing commander tax oh, and stuff. Oh, so that's great point. So let's say you mm -hmm. have three artifacts out, and they're mana rocks, whatever it is. Urza only costs white, blue, black. You cast Urza, you get another construct out. Yep. That construct, by the way, counts itself. So that's one artifact plus three others that you have. That's a 4-4 four, four on the battlefield yep. with Urza for three mana. Yeah, and, and you're you can already get that doing, very quick. Yeah. And you're doing the things you're already going to be doing in commander, which is playing ram spells. You're in an Esper artifact deck. Very, very cool. So mm -hmm. Urza seems really powerful. Constructs, when they get good, going if you're able to make a few they just get very powerful and now they all have menace so i really like the design of urza here yeah seems like cool seems pretty cool really makes a, a mechanical army yeah and it's definitely less broken than the mono blue urza which yeah goodness gracious i never want to see that again so i really like the balance here scourge so. of modern for a while there yeah scourge of why is this card go i mean this is a version of a card to put in the side this is a version of urza that has everything it yeah. does all the things right all the pieces of the text combined together mm -hmm. but does not result in something that everyone looks at and starts drooling about the oh i'm just gonna win by doing blah, 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 blah. in this case it's just like make a cool creature yeah more traditional tr sort of magic combat styles and honestly i feel like urza isn't gonna draw too much hate because he's so easy to recast right. he doesn't feel like a great removal target for people yeah that's a good point oh i should also mention that when i said you're casting artifacts earlier urza is infinity affinity for artifact creatures yes so you presumably will have three artifact creatures out in addition to other artifacts right. artifacts power other artifacts out okay yeah. 
Whew, enough about that. Up next is Urza's apprentice and like sidekick, although this is like an old version of him, which is Tano's <laughs> solemn survivor. Yeah, maybe this is post Urza yeah. apprenticeship. It, it's got to be after the Silex blast. Yeah, as we all know, internships really take a toll on you, especially oh, yeah. unpaid ones with Urza. <laughs> so Tano's is one in the blue for a 1 3 legendary creature, human artificer. And it has two abilities. The first one is pay two mana and tap Tanos to create a token that's a copy of up to one target artifact token you control, mill two cards. And the second ability is one and Esper, so one white, blue, black, and tap Tanos to, and also sacrifice. Okay, okay, let me start this over. This is a complicated one. There are many parts of this ability that all have to happen to activate this. So <laughs> yeah. the first is you have to pay one white, blue, and the black. The second is you have to tap Tanos, and then you have to sacrifice two artifact tokens, and then you also have to exile an artifact or creature card from your graveyard, and then you create a token that's a copy of the exiled card, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Activate only as a sorcery. Whew. Okay, so the first ability here... You can tap it to make a token that's a copy of a target artifact token. Needs to be another token. Right. Can't be a real card. And then you mill two cards. And then the second ability, you got to sacrifice two artifact tokens. So if you already have a token and Tanos made a copy of one, that's your two right there. Sure. You can, And then you exile an artifact or a creature from your graveyard. And then basically you get a copy of that on the battlefield, except it's also an artifact. Which you can then start making copies of with Tanos. Right. So Tanos is a bit slow. There are two tap abilities here, and both of them uh, are relevant to making the abilities work. So typically, if you're not untapping Tanos, then that means it's a whole turn rotation before he comes back around. But seems pretty powerful. He seems cool. It, it feels like you really have got to like build around him. He seems like kind of a... a totally. Yeah, like a, a Johnny card where you kind of uh, build all the little ins and outs to make him yeah. do something busted. But... It's going to take work. Yeah, it's definitely going to take work, and yep. it feels very brew-worthy. The fact that you have to sacrifice two artifact tokens specifically to get this ability and have four mana and uh -huh. tap tunnels on top, that's a lot of work. So unless you're specifically pumping out those tokens, it seems like it would be pretty difficult. Yeah, but I, I mean, who knows? Maybe the plan is that like you make a couple treasures and trick right. in a worm coil engine and then start con you know doing you tons know, of that over and over again. That's a good point. You can trick in some really scary artifacts and yeah. or creatures because uh, there are some that cost a lot of mana and do a lot of damage. Anyway, he seems cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, so those are the two new commander possibilities out of the deck. I'm very impressed by them already. This is yeah. a power level that we typically do not see from these pre-cons. I really like the design of both of them. Yeah, me too. And I'm sure someone out there that loves Vorthos will love it even more. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about the... Stats! Urza's Iron Alliance deck stats. This is the part of the show where we look through the crucial components of a commander deck and let you know how well this deck is built. And that's going to give you a lot of hints about what the general strategy that's built into the deck, as well as whether or not it's going to flow nicely out of the box. So let's go down the list and Jordan, take us away. Right off the bat, uh, it has 11 ramp cards, which isn't bad. Yeah, not bad. Uh, 13 card draw cards. Eight single target removals and three board wipes. Okay, so that looks pretty standard to me right yeah. there. I think it's a pretty solid, like, just base for the whole deck. I will note that this is Esper. Esper is not the best at ramping uh, compared to green. We no. can't do it with lands. So Esper is, you're going to find a lot of mana rocks contributing to the ramp here. And it has a lot of mana rocks. It's got a pretty nice selection when you look yep. at the deck list and everything. All right, on the other half of the stats here, we have artifact creatures. So that's what Urza, Chief Artificer, mm -hmm. cares about. There are 21 of them in the deck. 
which seems a little low, but at the same time, Urza does make his own little constructs. Yeah. In total, artifacts, counting the creatures, there are 40, so that's pretty much the whole deck. You have about, what, 35, 36 lands, and then you're going to have 40 other cards. You're almost at a full deck there. Uh-huh. Uh, artifact synergy or support, these could also include artifacts. There are 34 ways uh, that have support slash synergy for artifacts. And then there are 16 cards that care about or produce or do things with tokens. Yep. Okay, so I think it's pretty obvious here where the weight of the deck is. Yeah. What do you think? It's all about the artifacts and the artifact creatures and the artifacts. Like, it's just artifacts. Yeah, the tokens... It's an artifact deck. The tokens, again, they're a mix, right? Not all of them are just like, this is an artifact creature that makes a token. It's just tokens in general. So I think artifact mm-hmm. creatures is definitely the focus. So looking at this, it should be pretty obvious here, but who do you think we should be running as the commander, Jordan? I don't think it's all that close. I think we got to run Urza. Urza's got to run Urza's army. I know. The deck is called uh, Urza's Iron Alliance, yeah. not not Urza's Apprentice's Time to Shine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like <laughs> that's for your own deck, bro. <laughs> yeah, come on, Tonos. Yeah, geez. Y- you've had a card for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's Urza's Time to Shine. Yeah. Again, wait a second. Uh, yeah, so I think it's pretty easy, right? He Gaza has a really simple strategy, and even if you don't get the full three mana discount to cast him the first yeah. time around, it's still going to be powerful. He's going to pump out those constructs. And I honestly just think, since this is just a 10-card swap, we're not doing, you know, like a full rework of the deck. Right. A, a, a artifact aggro strategy, just like, you can put a couple cards in there and really, really get it there, I think. Yeah. Whereas Tanos is, is going to take a much bigger work for sure and i I do really like tonless i'm sure there's gonna be some interesting brews around it um and i would love to see what y'all come up with okay let's move on and talk about the reprint value so we do the reprint value i know there's often a lot of questions about this but the reprint value is an important factor for a lot of players out there and even though you may not be one of those players Mm -hmm. magic has always been about oh what cards are getting reprinted with this this set can i take those cards out for my own use do i just want to play the whole thing in the box uh and so we do this to sort of give you a general idea and see to see how it stacks up with cards from the past so this takes only into account the new cards or not the new cards because we yep. don't know what the new cards will cost because they're brand new so the av- the total reprint value of the deck is 89 dollars and seven cents which uh, i don't have the exact number on me but i think that's that's lower than the mishra deck and mm-hmm. we we have you know the average reprint value from decks from the last couple years and this is a little on the low side yeah so if you look at uh, if you're watching on screen you'll see from strixhaven forgotten realms midnight hunt all the way to dominary united Mm -hmm. and on the low end we see 70 75 ish and on the high end it can get all the way up to 115 or 103 forgotten adventure in the forgotten realms was at the highest it's 115 dollars was the reprint value at the time of the printing yeah that's pretty good so this is a little bit on the low side but i actually think it's a little deceptive because artifact decks mean that you're going to get a bunch of cards that literally will fit into any deck you want because artifacts for the most part that you play in commander don't have color identities. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, when you look at the valuable reprints that that becomes clear like pretty quickly. All right, well, let's move right into it. The notable reprints. So these are all the cards that are worth more than $2. Uh, there were four cards worth $5 or more and nine cards that were between $2 and $5. So let's just do the big bang reprints. Reprints $5 and above, the first one. So the most valuable reprint is Shimmer Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, which is... Uh, four and two blue for a five six creature dragon with flying and as long as you control four or more artifacts shimmer dragon has hexproof aha uh-huh. that's nice tap two untapped artifacts you control draw a card that's even nicer yeah so in a really go wide artifacts deck 
Seems sweet. Yeah. Uh, now, you don't get, like, affinity or anything, but a six-mana card that, when it comes down, you presumably can tap cards yeah. like your Skull Clamp mm. to uh, draw you some cards. And that's the second biggest reprint here. This comes in about $6. Uh, Shimmer Dragon was, like, 7 bucks. Yeah. So, Skull Clamp is really simple. It's one of the most powerful um, equipment ever printed, and they've reprinted it a bunch. Goes in a ton of decks, too. So, the fact that it is, again, in this deck means that it is pretty cool. And also, I, I believe it comes in this frame, right? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Every card in the deck comes in retro frames. Yeah, so that's actually something to consider. If we just err a little bit back to the reprint value, that Shimmer Dragon and this Skull Clamp, you do not have cards that look like this version yeah. of Skull Clamp. So I would actually argue that the reprint value is much lower than what is actually going to be the case here. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm not always the sort who like goes for the fanciest version of a card, but I am a sucker for the retro frames. Yeah, totally. And if you're watching the show right now, you'll see it on screen. This Skull Clamp looks so cool. Yeah, I love it. I uh, can't wait to get this deck just for this. So yeah, Skull Clamp was at six bucks. And this is, again, an amazing thing because with cards like Shimmer Dragon you can tap this as an artifact mm -hmm. and it doesn't change the ability. You can still equip it or whatever, but you can use it as part of Shimmer Dragon's ability to draw some cards. Uh, next up is a, this is a modern staple. Yeah, Relic of Progenitus. I'm surprised this is so high up. This is like an uncommon originally. Yeah, you know, it's just like... Wait, it's, Skull Clamp was too, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. It fits in, well, yeah, but, but it fits as a like sideboard piece in an enormous number of modern decks. I haven't really mm -hmm. played modern much in a while, but like back when I did, you know... You always just threw in Relic of Progenitus. This is definitely a card that sees play in Commander as well. It's mm -hmm. one mana for an artifact, so really easy to play. You tap it to have a target player exile a card from their graveyard. They'll get to choose, but if there's only one card, they have to exile it. And then you pay one mana, and you can exile Relic of Progenitus. You exile all graveyards, then you draw a card. Yeah, pretty so, good. Really good graveyard hate. Uh, yeah, I think we've said, like, graveyard hate is pretty underplayed sometimes and can it's be severely huge. underplayed. Yeah, it can be so good when it is played. Yeah, uh, and in this case, you know, you get to draw a card as well, which is, again, why it's, you see so much of it uh, get played because it's very efficient. Uh, the next card is great. I, I hadn't realized that it was it had gotten even this expensive. Yeah, uh, Thought which, Vessel. Oh, yeah. You thought, wouldn't have thought that, huh? No, I wouldn't have thought that Vessel was that expensive. <laughs> So the two-mana artifact, you can tap it to add the colorless, and you have no maximum hand size. Also, in this sweet, sweet retro frame. Yep, looks so great. So cool, yeah. So that card goes almost all the way up to six bucks, and they've reprinted this card a bunch too, so very good here. All right, now the reprints between $2 and $5. We'll just go through these a little more quickly. Yep. Um, Biden of Thassa at like $3. Seat of the Synod, just an artifact land, but counts as an artifact for cards like Reckless Fireweaver and all sorts of other things. Yeah, very easy to play. Um, Etch Champion. Uh, which, Classic. Yeah. Uh, Vault of Whispers. Oh, which, just like Seat of the Synod, yeah. Another artifact land. Uh, Sphinx's Revelation, just a you know, solid Azorius card draw and life gain. Um, Ancient Din. Third so, artifact land. So that completes the white, blue, black. Every one of the artifact lands you could get in these colors Makes in this sense. deck. You got to run totally. in the deck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then next is Swords to Plowshares. Lovely. Amazing white removal. And then we have Marionette Master, which is a win con in a lot of decks. And then Psy Master Thopterist. Those are all about $2 there. Yep. So looking through this, uh, what do you think are the best cards in the deck? So because there are some really good ones. My pick for the best cards in the deck, and, and these aren't necessarily like the best cards in a vacuum, but I think yeah. in this strategy and in the deck, my with favorite Urza pick. With as the commander, right? With Urza as yep. the commander. My number one pick is Psy, Master Thopterist, which Psy is a, a 
Two and a blue for a 1-4 legendary creature, Human Artificer. And whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. Woo-wee! And then he has the ability for one and a blue, sacrifice two artifacts, draw a card. Yeah, so Psy Master Thopterist is extremely efficient. So good. He does everything you want in the deck. He- yeah, makes Thopter artifact creature tokens specifically yep. for the commander. Yeah, and they come without, with no extra cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next is a newer card. It's Dig Site Engineer, but again in the cool retro frame. Two in the white for a 3-3 Dwarf Artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, you may pay two mana. If you do, create a 0-0 colorless construct artifact creature token with. This creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. So there you go. You can make a construct, but at a cost of two mana every time you cast an artifact spell. Turns all your artifacts into more constructs, which yeah, very cool. is real great. Uh, and then the last card is obvious. It's just so obvious. It's cranial plating. Yeah. Two mana, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control with an equip cost of one and here is the kicker you can also pay at instant speed black black attach cranial plane to target creature you control so when you're attacking with an army of menacing constructs that are huge it's impossible for them to block oh it's so hard because they're like all right i'm gonna double lock all here and they're like all right well the one that gets through black black swing this cranial plating that 10 10 just went to a 33 10 <laughs> something nuts right when i first read the commander and i was doing the ads i was like oh first thing i gotta add is cranial plating and then you and then I was in like, the deck oh it's already in the deck in a sweet frame by the way i can't get over these frames they look so cool i know i love it okay so very good stuff here those uh that's a good breakdown of the deck i'm very excited because up next after we hear a, a quick break from our sponsors we're gonna find out what cards are coming out and what cards are coming in so stay tuned everyone we'll be right back Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone, we're back. Welcome back to the show. This show is about upgrading precons. And uh, Jordan, you got to play with this deck a little bit. Yeah, we we played like a couple little test games with it and stuff. And uh, I mean, basically, the deck 
is the deck is very strong. Once it gets going, it just starts, you know, pumping out a lot of creatures. It has a lot of aggro to it. And I kind of just wanted with my upgrades to emphasize what it already does well. Right. Put out lots of artifacts, make the stuff big, hit people. Find some good uh, ways to just keep pumping stuff out. So let's talk about the, my favorite part of this exercise. A total budget around $30, and we are adding 10 cards and then taking 10 out. Yes. So let's start with the 10 cards we're going to add in. And Jordan, we get to hear your wonderful analysis as to why you so decided to put them in the deck. I put these into a couple different categories. The first four cards that I'm adding, um, I put into the artifact per artifact category. Okay. Uh, which is basically just when you are casting artifacts. Yeah. Or other cards, it's going to get you more things. A lot like Psymaster Thopterist is a great example right. of like Fast one that I would normally add. Yep. Um, but the first one that I have added here is Foundry Inspector. Classic. Now, this is just the ramp, but it's cost reduction ramp. Mm -hmm. uh, so Foundry Inspector is three mana for a 3-2 artifact creature const construct with artifact spells you cast cost one less to cast. Yeah, buddy. Cost reduction is so good in artifact decks. Right. Typically with cost reduction, you'll take a look at like training grounds or something. It'll say, oh, reduce the cost of something by X amount. This cannot reduce the cost to lower than one. Artifacts can. Artifacts for the most part. Yeah. So Foundry Inspector and Ethereum Sculptor, they do do the same thing, which is very good. Yeah. Um, so a card like Cranial Plating, for instance, you get to just play for free. They play together really well in the deck. And if you've ever played like an artifact deck like this before, it's easy to kind of end up getting into the situation where you are just playing your entire hand out really right. quickly. And if you're doing things like mana rocks, they become mana positive. Right. With right. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Very quickly. Um, okay, so the card, the next card you're adding, you're right, it's not Ethereum Sculptor. It's yeah. Ethereum Spinner. So Ethereum Spinner is also another, uh, as I've said, artifact per artifact card. Do you want to read what the card does? Yeah, I would love to, actually. It's two in the blue for a 2-1 human wizard. It's also an artifact creature. Whenever you cast a spell with mana value four or greater... Create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. Yeah. So at, at the moment, this hits about a third of the deck. But okay. it just is basically, I mean, it's an artifact itself. It so counts the commander when you cast it. So it, it comes does. out with a, with a Thopter as well. Yep. And it basically just turns a third of your deck into getting more artifacts. Yeah. It's very nice. Really, really efficient. Up next is a, <laughs> a card that is a, is a personal favorite of mine, it's which pretty is good. Mirrodin Besieged. And Mirrodin Besieged is two and a blue for an enchantment. And it has, when, it enter, when Mirrodin Besieged enters the battlefield, you choose Mirren or Phyrexian. And if you choose Mirren, then whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless mirror artifact creature token. So yep. bingo. Just with that mode, that's great. Really works well. Play it early, and then you're getting a lot of momentum. Yep. But... It also has the other mode, Phyrexian, which is at the beginning of your instep, draw a card, then discard a card. If there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. Okay, so this is, uh, on the first half, it's very good, make some creature tokens for your commander. If you choose the Phyrexian side, you could just win the game by having enough artifacts in your graveyard. I would say in general, you're probably playing this card on the first mode, like early on, so oh, that yeah. you're making uh, other Probably stuff. almost always. But it can be great also just to have the option, like if you are missing your land drops and you just need to be churning through your deck or right. something like that, or if it's late game and... You already have 11, 12 artifacts in there. Yeah, 
that that can be a huge swing that you know well yeah you don't really see coming making someone lose the game is pretty brutal because you do yep. play it on your turn it goes your end step you do the thing and then they could be gone yeah it can happen the turn you play it which is a lot different from a lot of these other oh, man heaven forbid that never happens to me all yeah, right right moving on uh, the next card you're going to add in is biotransference so biotransference is one of the new warhammer 40k uh cards yeah you get some necron action in there so it's wanna... a two black black for an enchantment creatures you control are artifacts in addition to their other types the same is true for creatures you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield whenever you cast an artifact spell you lose one life and you create a 2-2 black necron warrior artifact creature token okay so every creature that you have now uh, is an artifact whether or not it's on the battlefield or not and then when you cast those you get more creature tokens the first effect is a little redundant in the deck because most of the creatures that you're playing are artifact creatures right but there are exceptions so dig side engineer yeah, Not an artifact creature. All into artifacts. And then, of course, the second ability does exactly what I was just saying, which is as you cast stuff, you get more stuff. Yep. Very good. Uh, that card seems to be one of the all-stars, I think, from the set. So uh, artifact decks, pay attention. That card's very good. So this next set of cards I'm calling Superior Artillery because, you know, you want your Iron Alliance to be able to, to take out those it's going against. And the first one is also yeah. a 40K card. Um just because I think it was very relevant to this, which is called The Flesh is Weak. Uh, this is two white, blue, black, two and Asper, for an enchantment that says, when the flesh is weak enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Creatures you control with plus one, plus one counters on them are artifacts in addition to their other types. And then non-artifact creatures get minus one, minus one. Ooh, that's pretty good. You're going to kill a lot of things, I think. It pumps your whole board... It turns anything that wasn't an artifact into an artifact. And then it protects them from the minus one, minus one. Yeah. And I mean, think of like, if you've ever played with uh, a like reverse anthem like this on the mm -hmm. board, there's so many cards you'll just have in hand and be like, crap, that utility creature is only <laughs> one toughness. I just can't play it. Well, yeah. And sometimes there's a lot of just thopters flying around or one ones incidentally. Yep. So the flesh is weak. You, you'd be surprised. Now everyone talks about Elish Norn minus two, minus two. That is pretty backbreaking. Oh, yeah. But you, you'd be surprised at how much work minus one, minus one can do. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. Uh, and the next card up is Organic Extinction. Uh, this card is nuts in decks like this. Yeah, so eight white, white for a sorcery. It says destroy all non-artifact creatures, but you can also improvise it out so your artifacts can help cast this spell. And each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one mana. So this costs eight white, white, but let's say you have cranial plating out. Let's say you have a construct and a uh i don't know a like a thopter relic from a thopter, thopter, yeah thopters. or a relic of progenitus you can tap all four of those and pay for four of the mana in organic extinction so this can sometimes just cost white white and then it kills all non-artifact creatures which shouldn't be all your opponent's creatures at this and, point. yeah that can be very one-sided it it yeah, really, really good board wipe. Yeah, I like it very a lot. good. Up next is um, a, a little lower key, but still very powerful, which is Dispatch. This is one white for an instant, which just says tap target creature, but it has metal craft. And if you control three or more artifacts, exile that creature. Woohoo! So this is a, you know, just like Stores of Plowshares or Path to Exile, but no downside. Uh, you just have to have artifacts in order to cast it. Yep, which as, if you don't have artifacts exile. in this deck, you know... Dispatch isn't going to save you anyway. Yeah, and sometimes, very rarely, that tap down will actually matter. But for the most part, you're happy to exile something when you can. Mm -hmm. All right, next up is the final category. It's card advantage. Card advantage. Everyone's favorite. The first one is a house. It's Dance of the Mance. Uh, Dance of the Mance is, a, is X, 
white blue for a sorcery, and it's return up to X target artifacts and or non-aura enchantment cards with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If X is six or more, those permanents are 4-4 four, four creatures in addition to their other types. Wow. So basically every artifact and enchantments that aren't auras come back as many as you want, as, as if you can pay for mm-hmm. X, and they become 4-4s four if you pay Xs more than 6, 6 or more. I, I really like having this in Artifact decks. It, it's yeah. really solid as like a, a late-game thing if someone wipes all your artifacts, messes stuff up. Vandal Blast is a very common card. Yes, and this can pull a game back from the brink. Yep. Uh, either creating an army late, or even just like if you need it to get a couple key pieces that have been destroyed. You're dancing. All right. Next up is another Warhammer card, Jordan. You're actually you're, I know you're prepping. You're he- you're you know prepping and pepping <laughs> and giving a lot of love to these decks. I, I, I'm pretty high <laughs> on the Warhammer decks, and this card in particular is like one of my personal favorites. I think it's incredible. This card's really good. Yeah. So it's Sicarian Infiltrator, two in the blue for a one-two artifact creature, human soldier with flash, and it says when Sicarian Infiltrator enters the battlefield, draw a card. But it's also got the squad ability for two. So as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may pay two mana any number of times when this creature enters the battlefield to create that many tokens that are copies of it. Yeah. So two in the blue, draw one card at flash speed. Uh, four in the blue, draw two cards at flash speed, get two one twos. Six in the blue, draw three cards, get three bodies flash speed. Pretty cool. Yes. Uh, which... Also, in this deck specifically, I mean, they're all artifact creatures. Right. So if you're attacking with a bunch of your constructs, you can basically play this as a combat trick. Oh. It has flash, so you just dump all your mana into popping out Sicarian Infiltrators. All of your constructs get bigger. You draw a bunch mm, of cards. Nice. I think this is a really powerful card that has some real play to it. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing a lot of Sicarian Infiltrator in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the final card here is Karn Scion of Urza. Partially had to add this just for flavor purposes. Yeah, but totally. Also- really good in the deck. All right, read it off. So this is four mana for a legendary planeswalker Karn, and it has three abilities. The plus one is reveal the top two cards for your library. An opponent chooses one of them, and then you put that card into your hand, and you exile the other one with a silver counter on it. Silver. So you you usually get the worst of two cards. Yeah, if it's like a land and a spell, they're going to give you the land. But the other card is exiled with a low counter on it. Yeah. And then if you tick down, you put a card you own with a silver counter on it, from exile into your hand so the more you kind of tick it up for a while the better selection you get when you tick down right which can be really nice and then the minus two which is particularly relevant in this deck is you create a zero zero colorless construct artifact (gasps) creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control nice how do you think Karn makes it? Does it like does he like pull a part of his like side out and then like drops it? He's just it? got artificer magic. He goes, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like hoping he would just like like chunk himself and put a little thing on the ground and it's like I'm mini Karn. It's like little baby Karn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when he, no. And when there's more of them, they get bigger. Everyone knows Karn's real children are the Phyrexians. That's a good point. Of new Phyrexians. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> those are the ten cards you're gonna add in there. Karn seems really good in this deck. Yeah, Karn's um, great. Let's talk about a couple of honorable mentions. But before actually before we get to it, the total you found for this deck the total price you came in under the 30 dollars by quite a bit jordan yeah it ended up at 24.35 um so you know if you want to splurge and pick up some of these uh honorable mentions yeah you got that money if, you, <laughs> so if fr- you've set aside the $30 specifically <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for this. <laughs> I like how someone has like a two, three tens and they're like, ah, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to spend the rest of it on Mystic Forge, which is an honorable mention. It's a four-man artifact. You can look at the top card of your library at any time and you can cast the top card of your library if it's an artifact card or a colorless non-land card. 
And then finally, you can tap it and pay one life to exile the top card of your library. So you can sort of churn through your deck. If there's a land you don't want on there, exile it, look at the next thing, maybe you can cast that instead. Yeah, and, and when the, as much of your deck is artifacts as this one is, it's really, really powerful card advantage. Yeah, and if you have a, two of the cost reducers out and Mystic Forge costs two mana, this oh. card is absurd. It, just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, the next card is also kind of insane in this deck, which is Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge. Ooh. This is four and Demir, so four blue-black for a legendary Planeswalker, Tezzeret. Comes in with five loyalty and has creatures and Planeswalker spells you cost, cast. you cast, have affinity for artifacts. Hey, that's kind of like the commander, but it's just artifacts, not artifact creature tokens. Yeah. And all or your artifact, artifact creatures. creatures start getting affinity for artifacts. So Ooh. that adds up very quick. And then he has the ability, I'm going to make this a little bigger. Yeah, it's a lot of text here. One sec. Let's zoom in for our old eyes. Zoom. Uh, his plus two ability has Tezzeret, Master of the Bridge, deals X damage to each opponent, where X is the number of artifacts you control. You gain X life. That's a win con. That's really good. For sure. And then his minus three is return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Cool. So just gets good things back nice and then if you can ultimate him for minus eight you exile the top 10 cards of your library put all artifact cards from among them into the battlefield that's actually not that impressive i think compared to his first line of text yeah i mean his static ability is why you play him in this deck yeah he is however around 13 dollars. so for a budget upgrade uh it's yeah, a it bit great. out of it would push the whole thing out yeah but that's a great card obviously in the deck Okay, now we've done some honorable mentions. We've talked about all the things we need to talk about, except for the last and the saddest. What cards are we taking out? Yeah, some some had to be cut. And then we're putting them away forever. That's the nature of the beast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first up is Darksteel Juggernaut. This is a five-mana star star with indestructible. Oh, it's perfect. You got to include it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It says Darksteel Juggernaut's power and toughness are each equal to the number of artifacts you control, and Darksteel Juggernaut attacks each combat if able. It's, um, I mean, this card can be good in, like, draft and that sort of thing. Sure, yeah, and Indestructible. Indestructible seven, is nice. Seven, that's always going to attack and hurt you, yeah. It's it's just not an effect you look you need in this deck. Yeah, you've like, already got Karnstructs with Menace, right? Exactly. So you're paying five mana to basically just make one extra Karnstruct that's Indestructible mm-hmm. and has to attack, so you can't use it for blocking yeah. or anything like that. It's, it's not, like, a terrible, terrible card in the deck, but... It's just not what you want to be doing. Yeah, definitely not. Now, it will force some blocks and all that stuff, I'm sure. sure. But for paying, for paying five mana, I think you want to be doing something a little more impactful. Yep. So the next card I decided to cut was one of the new cards, actually, which Ooh. is Hexavus. And I think this is actually an interesting card. It, it's just not all that synergistic with what we're doing here. So this is six mana for a zero-zero artifact creature construct. And it has flying. And Hexavus enters the battlefield with six one-one counters on it. And for one... Mana, you can remove a 1-1 counter from Hexavus, put a flying counter on another target creature. And then it also has the ability for one and remove a counter from another creature you control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Hexavus. Ooh. So you can trade those counters around. It's kind of to... like uh, Gave a little bit. Yeah, a, a little bit. Because you can sort of move some counters around and, and, and yeah. There's okay. no sacrificing or anything. But I, I think that this actually could be pretty powerful in a deck that has more counter synergy. Right. Where you could like pull other stuff back and just grant everything flying. Yeah. But the way it kind of is going to play here is you're going to pay six mana for a six six with flying (laughs) and then you can keep playing mana to make it smaller and make other things fly but like you're getting to the point where you're paying 
eight mana to make two creatures fly and make a yeah. four four. Now it's this is enough. it is a really cool card because it says remove a counter from another creature you control. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the flying counter you put on. It could be you any put negative counter. counter, something bad. Yeah, mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah, okay. All right. So Hexavis is out. Six mana, I agree, is a lot as well. Yep. Uh, next up, we have another costly spell. It's a classic in Commander. It's Aether Sworn Adjudicator. Mm -hmm. uh, four in the blue for a 4 4 artifact creature for Dalkin Knight with flying. And it has two activated abilities. The first costs one, the white, and the black, and tap it to destroy a target creature or enchantment. Or you can pay two in the blue to untap Aether Sworn Adjudicator. So for the low, low cost of six mana, you can destroy two creatures or enchantments. Yeah. And it, it's just and very about specific rate. colored manas, too. Yeah. It's really just about rate on this guy like it's nice having some repeatable removal but that's a really expensive way to do it yeah five mana wait a whole turn and then you have to pay another three to do it and you can only do one thing yeah you're spending your whole turn yeah i don't know so up next is a card that I i'm like almost sure was only included for flavor reasons <laughs> which is urza's ruinous blast ah uh, this is four and a white for a legendary sorcery uh which means you can only cast it if you have a legendary creature or planeswalker and then it's just exile all non-land permanents that aren't legendary. Ah, but your deck isn't about legendary things. No, and a lot of the time this doesn't get rid of... Commanders. Commanders. It doesn't get rid of the things you want to get rid of. Right. I think this, this card can be good in a Legends Matter deck. Yep, like Kethis or any of those. Yeah, but this isn't that. It is very flavorful, though, for sure. Yep. Uh, it looks great in that border, too. Oh, yeah. New art, too, I just noticed. Oh, yeah. Good jobs, Slavomir Maniak. Ma Ma His last name is Maniac. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, I love this art. Uh, next up, we have Marionette Master, which is a great card in a lot of decks. It's four yeah. black black for a creature, human artificer, one through with Fabricate three. So when it enters the battlefield, you can either choose to put three one one counters on it, or you make three one one colorless servo artifact creature tokens. And then whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. I think there's a lot of decks that this is great in. And they the, typically have this uh, thing called a sack outlet. In yes. Them. We don't want to sacrifice our stuff. We want to have more. We want it to keep going. Yeah. So it, it just more is like, this would give you some kind of incidental. Yeah, drink. I see what you're doing here. You're kind of taking out the really clunkier heavy spells and trying to optimize a little bit below, make it a little yeah. more efficient. Yeah. Just that, trying to kind of go straight for the aggro. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I have won, I would say, not hundreds. I've won many games with Marionette Master before, but it's in a deck, my Brea deck, that can sacrifice artifacts willy-nilly by paying some mana and absolutely and have like Kurok Clan Ironworks. This doesn't seem like that type of deck, but this is a very good card, so I'm sure it can yeah. find a house somewhere else. Um, so the next card I took out is Phyrexian Rebirth. This is another board wipe. That kind of is, flavorful, too. Yeah, I, I love a lot of these cards, but, you know, yeah. you got to cut. Um, Phyrexian Rebirth is four white white for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures, then create an XX colorless Phyrexian Horror artifact creature token, where X is the number of creatures destroyed this way. Okay. It's just a six mana big board yeah. wipe. You get one creature back. It's nice. It's not bad. Um, the thing is that you probably are not going to want to be wiping the board right. too often in this deck. You want to be increasing your aggro strategy. So I think as far as just taking this from a pre-con level to a slightly more powerful level focusing on forwarding your strategy instead of destroying everyone else is just a stronger move. Yeah, and not to mention, you have really powerful creatures that will hurt when they hit you. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a new card from the deck. It is Kayla's Music Box. This is Kayla, Queen Queen Kayla Ben Crew, yeah. correct? Yep, she's Urza's wife, who also had an affair with Mishra at one point, so, you Goodness know. gracious, mm. Kayla... 
Uh, I also played her on the most recent game nights for Ooh. Brothers War. I don't know if it's out yet, but the deck is very cool, and I really like the card. Maybe spoilers? Uh, maybe spoilers. Uh, so this is two mana for a legendary artifact, and you can pay a white mana and tap it to look at the top card of your library and then exile it face down. And the second ability is you can tap it and then it says, until end of turn, you may play cards you own exiled with Kayla's music box. So this is interesting. It's kind of got white card advantage written all over it, but it's also a bit clunky. So the Very slow. Yeah, so when you play this for two mana, you can that same turn pay one more white and then tap it, and then you're going to look at your top card library, and then you exile it. And then you have to wait all the way until your next turn to untap it, and then you have a choice again. Do you want to pay a white and do the same thing and exile the top card of your library, or do you want to tap the music box, and then you can play cards you own exiled with it that turn? But you can't do both unless you have a way to untap Kayla's music box, and it costs a white mana each time as well to keep exiling cards. Because what you could do is just store up like four or five cards in here, and then on a later explosive turn, tap it, and then blam, you have four extra cards in your hand, cards in your hand. So, I, I mean, I feel like the play pattern of this in this deck as is would just be you play it for two, you tap a white, you wait a turn. You maybe tap a white again if that card wasn't great, and mm-hmm. then you wait another turn. And then two turns after you initially cast it, you can crack it, or you can not crack it, but you can tap it and play those two cards into your hand. Right. And just spending like four mana and three turns is just not a great return for two cards yeah if your deck was filled with unwinding clocks and voltaic keys yeah all you're trying to yeah and you have a bunch of mana and all you're trying to do is just exile all the cards and then right like maybe there's some sort of crazy cool stuff you could do there but not in this deck it seems pretty Mm -hmm. slow uh next up is not just a normal champion it's It's the etch champion yeah booster fun right yes (laughs) (laughs) this is three mana for a two two artifact creature soldier which has metalcraft etch champion has protection from all colors as long as you control three or more artifacts woohoo yay protection from all creatures uh protection from all colors Ah, so artifacts can still block it block it right so this is sort of seen as a this is a good attacker uh maybe you could stick in all uh hopefully you can stick like a cranial plating on it and hit for a billion yeah but you know in the end of the day it's still just a two two even if it protects itself pretty well Yeah, and there's not a ton of different ways to buff up its uh stuff in this deck right you want your constructs to have protection from everything if it gave other things protection from everything that would be huge but yeah it'd be nuts it's just a 2-2. It doesn't grow on its own. You need to, like, do work to make it uh, powerful. Okay. And next up, we have Chrome Courier. One white blue for a 1-1 flying Thopter. That's an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, reveal the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the other into your graveyard. If you put an artifact into your hand this way, you gain three life. So this is kind of like three mana draw a card. Um, Honestly, it's just low impact. Yeah, it's yeah three mana for a one one. It, it does count as an artifact, but it's not like an artifact tokens. I think there's definitely better things you could do at this at that point point. Yeah, it, it 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 will probably gain you a little life when it draws the card because mm-hmm. you have so many artifacts in your deck. But I don't know for for three mana, I just want a little bit more than that. Um, up next is Filigree Attendant, which is two blue blue for a star three artifact creature homunculus. Homunculus! With flying and Filigree Attendant's power is equal to the number of artifacts you control. Okay. Um, it's nice. This it's is like a big a construct again. Yeah. And I, it's kind of the same reasoning for Juggernaut, which is I just don't think you're lacking for this effect. Right. And uh, powerful creatures that can attack well. And it doesn't even get the toughness. So if they do have blockers and stuff, it doesn't really like get over. If they do have flyers that can block it. Right. It doesn't get over it too well. Um, it's nice that it has evasion, but I just think it's uh, 
It's just not quite enough. It's middling. For Urza, we demand the best, right, Jordan? No, we don't want attendance. We want warriors. Warriors. All right. Exactly. Let's talk about how the deck plays, Warrior. Uh, Break it down for us. Let us know what's good. So the deck wants to just make a big army and just beat people with it (laughs) over and over and over again. And of Uh, course... Sounds very modern. Yeah. And you always want to get Urza out. When Urza dies, you want to play him again. He looks expensive, but he's just... He's not. Yeah, he'll cost... Again, the artifact creature tokens or creatures will reduce his commander tax as well. Especially if you have all these, like, what I call the artifact per artifact cards that are just really, like, exponentially increasing the speed at which you you are expanding your army. Very nice. And so you just really want to spew out artifacts and kind of go as wide as you can and then just hit hard with the constructs. It really doesn't take long to get this deck going because mm-hmm. there's a lot of solid early ramp. Like, it's got just a great little suite of one and two mana ramp cards in there. And as soon as you can get some artifact creature producers, the momentum is is very good. Yeah. So yeah, you're making a huge creature every single turn, uh, and you're going to just start using those creatures to hammer in the truth. And the truth is that Urza won the war. Yep. I mean, it took a <laughs> lot, but but he did it. It took a lot. It took a bit of a ruinous ultimatum, but it got there. Yeah. All right. To the listeners, what do you think about Urza's Iron Alliance's pre-con? I'm actually very stoked on it. What do you think about the cool old borders around all the cards, even the commanders and Tanos? Tanos looks just so cool. Oh, yeah. um, and of course... Are there any cards that you think that we missed? Something that Jordan needs to hear about in the comments because he's reading them and he'll respond to you as well. I've seen him in there. I do it a lot, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if there's anything you disagree with or agree with or ways that you would take the deck that we didn't think of or maybe ways that you would instead build around Tanos, I'm excited to see some brews around that. Let us know in the comments. We do appreciate all that you are providing down there. Commenters, it's always nice to see a sort of a big sea of discussion every time I scroll down there. Uh, And of course... If you need to buy this pre-con or if you want to buy something to put into the pre-con because you've got it already, head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command. We love Card Kingdom. They've got great service. They can ship stuff to you really quickly. Great customer service as well as just a really big inventory. They have a huge warehouse up there in Seattle that they're pulling from uh, and just cards from every single set that you can imagine, including the brand new stuff that you want to make your deck look awesome and play well. And when you get those cards, put them into some Ultra Pro products, some sleeves, put them on your play mats. The uh, Brothers War theme stuff, I don't know if you see this wall scroll behind me it's pretty cool looks really really neat i love that art of urza yeah so there's a ton of different arts uh, of urza and misha they show up all over the set including the commander specific specific stuff ultra pro has that license and you can go to ultrapro.com slash command when the new sets come out to see if you can snag some of it there or head on over to your local lgs all right let's move on to the end set where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic and jordan you have something here that i didn't even know you played this oh yeah i've been playing a ton of storybook brawl Ooh. and if you're like a limited resources listener or something too you've probably heard of it because i think lsv works with them now or something yeah i believe so but what is storybook brawl storybook brawl is an auto battler so if you've ever played like an auto battler basically it's a bit like drafting Mm -hmm. um but then the deck sort of plays itself right so team fight tactics is a really good example of this the hearthstone pub mode there's like a mode in hearthstone that's similar as well i know they had one in there but this one is all kind of themed around sort of storybook characters but there's usually some like little twist on it or so something goldilocks like that. and that sort of thing yeah like goldilocks is one of the heroes now it's mm-hmm. one of the new ones that is added and they'll try and have things that are like thematic so goldilocks is, it's always just right so right as, as you kind of go forward you gain more levels and that gets you to better cards and you want to make these great builds goldilocks for instance when every time she goes up a level her next store 
ha- is full of the right cards. It's like cards of that level. So she's ah. not going to get lower level ones. She's going to get ones that are just right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so by the way, this is a game that every time you play it, you're leveling up, and that means you're buying cards to add to your deck as you go? Well, actually, you're, you're not buying cards to add to the deck. The pool is always the same, but you can get access to more heroes. Oh, uh, okay. The game is entirely free to play. Um, it's really fun. And the way it kind of works is that you always, at the beginning, you get a selection of four heroes. Mm-hmm. And then there's two of them that are always available. And then if you have paid either their in-game currency or their own thing, right. then you can pick the two on the right. So uh, nothing okay. is fully locked away from you. You just have more selection gotcha. if you've played longer and worked on it. Yeah, free-to-play means that you can jump right in and test it out. I guess anyone out there that likes drafting or limited or plays games like Teamfight Tactics or that uh, the version, that mode in, I think it's Tavern Brawl or something. Uh-huh. It's, it's something similar in, Har- in Hearthstone. Then this might be a great thing for you to check out. It's quick to play. It has a really fun flavor. Yeah, how, how often does a, how long does the game last? Games are like 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. Most nice. of the time. Uh, they're longer if you're good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're lasting to the, yeah, the last place. You have a life total that like gets, when you lose, you lose a little bit of your life total. Right? Yeah, exactly. Every game, you either win and take a little bit of your opponent's life total, or you lose. And there's a lobby of like eight people, mm-hmm. and you're trying to whittle away everyone else. Very at- cool. I do love a good auto battler. A little known fact, Josh and I almost started a TFT Teamfight Tactics podcast. I remember that. Yeah. And then we realized, why are we giving ourselves more work? <laughs> and so we stopped. Uh, it was also just moving way too fast. I All right. never did more work after that. Yep, exactly. We've only <laughs> gone down in terms of work. Some, oh gosh, if only. Man, I, I reminisce for those early lackadaisical days. Oh boy. Not even lackadaisical. Those are still filled with work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, clean up time. Big thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Damon Lenz, Ashlyn Rose, Arthur Meadowcroft, Craig Blanchett, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen sitting next to me, Sam Walder, Garav Galati, Jamie Block, Evan Limburger, Mitch Trafford, and the one and only special Josh Lee Kwai. We love him to death. We know you do too. And big shout out to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card Animations. You can find them on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everyone, go out there, get your gears turning with Urza's Iron Alliance. Thanks, Jordan. Happy to be here. Peace out. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.